The impact of COVID-19 pandemic on schooling is a generational catastrophe. Before the pandemic, progress was already slow and insufficient to achieve the education targets in the goals. School closures caused by the pandemic have had devastating consequences for children's learning and well-being. Hundreds of millions of children and young people are falling behind in their learning, which will have a long-term impact. Hello, this is Somaya Dehban, a passionate Dutchified Iranian who is rather obsessed with impact measurement, cross-sector partnerships, and scale-up. I am the creator and host of Scale Your Impact, a podcast for anyone who has an interest in understanding and measuring impact and figuring out how to scale the effectiveness of cross-sector partnerships to achieve the 2030 Agenda of the United Nations. This content is based on my PhD research at Rotterdam School of Management, Erasmus University in the Netherlands. It is also inspired by my cross-sector work in academia, politics, development aid sector, and private sector. We have less than a decade to achieve 2030 Agenda, and based on the UN reports, we are not going to make it. In this podcast series and its dedicated newsletter, I discuss why and how we can accelerate the pace towards achieving these goals and collectively move towards a just and sustainable international community. Join me every first Tuesday of the month to hear about the articles I have read or written on these subjects and beyond. Now let's partner up to measure this episode of Scale Your Impact. Welcome to the fifth episode of Scale Your Impact. Thank you for showing up and tuning in. One month of the new year has already passed. How are you moving forward with your set goals for this year? It has been rather surreal for me so far, with quite some developments in my research, business, and creative writing. The implications of applying Fairbinding, my change management model, to all domains of my life have been positively overwhelming and I'm excited to share more of this with you in this episode again. In this episode, I will be talking about systemic review. Systemic review is the first stage of the first phase of my personal and organizational transformation model that I have dubbed Fairbinding. As I mentioned in the last episode, Fairbinding has three phases, namely understanding, implementing, and scaling. Every phase of my model has three stages, and as promised throughout 2022, I will share different parts of this model with you. And today we will talk about systemic review as the first stage. I will also talk about SDG number three, good health and well-being, and SDG number four, quality education and the state of the progress on these two goals. 
I will also share with you what I consider the true meaning of freedom. In most cases, when we face a challenge, we want to immediately take an action to mitigate or eliminate the impact of the challenge. This is, of course, the right way to deal with crises or when we are facing immediate danger. For instance, when we see a car driving towards us, we do not wait to run various scenarios in our head or discuss with the person next to us what we should do. No, instead, we immediately step out of the direction of the car to avoid the collision. However, when we are talking about bringing about change and transforming the status quo, there is no room for hasty decisions. We do not want to replace one challenge with another one. We want to make a sustainable and durable change, and for that, we need to understand our context quite well, inside out, and then evaluate various scenarios to address it. In this episode, I share with you how I believe we can achieve a sustainable and durable change by moving beyond doing things according to a system or method, and instead embracing the relation between our actions and an entire system and understand how our actions affect an entire system. During the systemic review stage, we first identify the underlying assumptions of the problems we are dealing with and ensure a clear distinction between the symptoms and the problem. Then we examine the market, competitions, and potential threats and major opportunities. I started my journey in change management by reading the book Leading Change by John P. Cotter. This book has been considered as one of the most influential books in the domain of change management. For a while, I followed the eight steps process of change management of Cotter, and I even taught this methodology in online and offline courses. However, after a while, I felt that his model is not holistic enough and does not cover all the elements of change. That's why I started a research in how I can make this model more inclusive and applicable to different domains. That's why I ended up designing my own model. The first step in Cotter's model is creating an urgency, the urgent feeling that we need to make a change, otherwise we are going to fail. This did not work for me, as I believe this type of urgency is fear-based. And I believe we need to approach issues from a position of positivity and hope. Also, this fear-based approach felt too religious to me. For instance, most religions say that we should pray and be good people because otherwise we go to hell or other forms of punishment. And I believe we should be good people because of the merits of goodness and not because we will be punished otherwise. So that's why the first stage of my model is not about creating a sense of urgency, but about systemically reviewing ourselves, our environment, and our history. 
You may have noticed that I use the term systemic instead of systematic. Let me explain the difference between these two terms. Systemic is perceived as a more modern version of the term systematic, but there is also a fundamental difference in my opinion. Systematic is bound to system and order, and it implies that our actions follow the orders that the system has put in place. Hence, it is systematic. Systemic, however, is looking at the system from a detached position and analyze how our actions are related to the system and how this system affects our actions and the other way around. Therefore, I have chosen the term systemic review for the first stage of change management model. During this stage, as mentioned earlier, we dig into our assumptions. We explore the underlying conditions which makes us to make certain decisions or take certain actions. We also dig into the problem at hand. Are we addressing the symptoms or the problem itself? Then we move to a bird-eye view and look at our environment and our history, our background. How is this problem situated in our environment and how the events in the past has influenced it? What are the other challenges that are linked to this problem and what other opportunities it provides if we address it? With this introduction to systemic review, let's get into the two SDGs of this episode, which are SDG number three, good health and well-being, and SDG number four, quality education. Goal number three seeks to ensure health and well-being for all at every stage of life. This goal addresses all major health priorities, including reproductive, maternal, and child health, communicable and non-communicable and environmental diseases, universal health coverage, and access for all to safe, effective, quality, and affordable medicines and vaccines. It also calls for more research and development, increased health financing, and strengthen capacity of all countries in health risk reduction and management. Between 2000 and 2015, that is during Millennium Development Goals, or MDGs, the global maternal mortality ratio, or number of maternal deaths per 100,000 live births, declined by 37%. Almost all maternal deaths occur in low-resource settings and can be prevented. Globally, three out of four births were assisted by skilled healthcare personnel in 2015. Under five mortality rates fell rapidly from 2000 to 2015, declining by 44% globally. Nevertheless, an estimated 5.9 million children under the age of 5 died in 2015. 
the neonatal mortality rate, that is, the likelihood of dying in the first 28 days of life, declined from 31 deaths per thousand live births in 2000 to 19 deaths per thousand live births in 2015. Over that period, progress in the rates of child survival among children aged 1 to 59 months, that is just under 5 years of age, outpaced advances in reducing neonatal mortality, meaning that a great percentage of all deaths under 5, to be precise 45%, is due to death under the first 28 days of life. Before the COVID-19 pandemic, progress had been made in many health areas, including improving the health of mothers and children, increasing immunization coverage, and reducing the incidence of communicable diseases. But again, like SDG number one and SDG number two, as we discussed in the last episode, the progress was not fast enough to meet the targets of the goal number three by 2030. The disruption caused by the pandemic has now halted progress and even reversed some gains made during this time. According to a recent survey, substantial disruptions persist more than a year into the pandemic, with about 90% of countries and territories still reporting one or more disruptions to essential health services. Probably at the time of preparing SDGs and its targets back in 2015, the idea of facing a pandemic was not a plausible scenario to contemplate on. And here we see why applying a systemic review to our ambitions to bring about change is of crucial importance. Systemic review enables us to examine the potential threats as well as major opportunities to incorporate them into our planning. With this information on the state of progress for SDG number three, let's have a look at SDG number four, quality education and its state of progress. Number four seeks to ensure inclusive and equitable quality education and promote lifelong learning opportunities for all. Despite progress, the world failed to meet the targets of MDGs for achieving universal primary education by 2015. In 2013, 59 million children of primary school age were out of school. The Sustainable Development Goals clearly recognized that this gap must be closed. Measuring learning achievements starting in the early grades will help to identify where schools are failing to meet their commitments to children and to formulate appropriate remedial actions. Quality early education provides children with basic cognitive and language skills and foster emotional development. 
Based on the 2018 edition of the Sustainable Development Goals report, more than half of children and adolescents worldwide are not meeting minimum proficiency standards in reading and mathematics. Refocused efforts are needed to improve the quality of education. The impact of COVID-19 pandemic on schooling is a generational catastrophe. Before the pandemic, progress was already slow and insufficient to achieve the education targets in the goals. School closures caused by the pandemic have had devastating consequences for children's learning and well-being. Hundreds of millions of children and young people are falling behind in their learning, which will have a long-term impact. One year into the COVID-19 crisis, two-thirds of students worldwide are still affected by full or partial school closures. The most vulnerable children and those unable to access remote learning are at increased risk of never returning to school and of being forced into child marriage or child labor. It is estimated that 101 million additional children and young people from grades 1 to 8 fell below the minimum reading proficiency level in 2020 because of the pandemic, which wiped out the education gains achieved over the past 20 years. Reading proficiency level could recover by 2024 but only if exceptional efforts are devoted to the task through remedial and catch-up strategies. Children being forced into child marriage and child labor because of school closure is a devastating example of how improving quality of education on its own is not enough to protect the safety of our children. If the families of these children have sufficient economic means to provide for their children, they are less likely to force their children into child labor or marriage. Or if the societies in which these children are growing up have a solid understanding of gender equality and individual rights, they are less likely to force their children into child marriage. This shows the wickedness of the problems that are being addressed by Sustainable Development Goals. Addressing one without addressing the interconnectedness of it with all the others would not be sufficient. With this overview on SDG number four, let's move on to the last part of this episode. In this episode, we discussed systemic review, the first stage of the first phase of my personal and organizational transformation model, which has three phases, namely understanding, implementing, and scaling. We discussed why we need to make a distinction between symptoms and causes of our challenges and how detaching ourselves from a system 
gives us a higher perspective to understand our relation with the system and our effect on the system. We also talked about SDG number three, good health and well-being, as well as SDG number four, quality education. Immunization is one of the world's most successful and cost-effective health intervention. An estimated 19.7 million children did not receive essential vaccines during the first year of their life in 2019. Health workers are on the front line of the COVID-19 pandemic response. Countries and territories, especially those with a limited health workforce, are further constrained with regard to the delivery of essential health services. Access to COVID-19 vaccine and the support for health workers must be non-negotiable when it comes to priorities in international agreements. I invite you to review your systems. There are many systems to which we are connected. Our ideological system, our norms and value systems, our family systems, our work systems, our political and social systems, our spiritual systems. Try to list as many systems as you can and then pick one of them. Only one. Pick the one that pops up into your head immediately. If you're doing a research, detach yourself from the school of thought, the theoretical frameworks in which you are analyzing your hypothesis. And for a while, try to detach yourself from this system and view it from a distance as an outsider and be open and honest and see how you feel and see it from a distance. And then try to see how it affects your actions and how your actions are affecting its being. When we detach ourselves and observe the system to which we are connected, or better to say, entangled, we discover our shortcomings, we discover our strength, and we discover our new opportunities. This realization guides us to be grateful for what we have and show gratitude towards our surroundings. This realization also guides us towards truly practicing our personal freedom of choice and acts not just based on the order that the system provides us, but acts based on understanding the impact we have on the system and the system has on us. For me, this is the definition of freedom. What was the scaling moment of this episode for you? Did you hear about something that impacted your understanding of what impact really means? I hope you gained a deeper insight into the complexity of impact measurement and impact scale-up. Also learned something about the importance of cross-sector partnerships to accelerate the progress towards achieving sustainable development goals. Want to hear more? Sign up for my thematic newsletters to get notified about each episode and more. 
You can do this by going to my website, somayedehban.com slash newsletters. Until the next partnering, Bedrood.